Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Earthquake in Yellowstone. Now, normally the fact that an earthquake happened in Yellowstone wouldn't even really register. It's a very active seismic area. But in this case, it happened to be relatively close to Yellowstone Caldera, which is a volcano, or as some people call it, a supervolcano. But it's not active. And it is a fairly large earthquake for Yellowstone. It measured a 4.2 on the Richter scale, which is, look, in the grand scheme of the Richter scale, that's not that much. That's somewhere between a 3, which is minor shivering of the dishes in the pantry, and a low 5, which would be a little bit of furniture movement. So a 4 is like you might get woken up from your sleep. You probably would feel a little bit of a tremor. And about 40 people have said they felt something when it happened, which was about 8.35 local time on Wednesday morning. But at a 4.2, it is the strongest earthquake that's been measured in Yellowstone since 2017 when they had a 4.5, which is still not very strong. The epicenter, which is the place on the ground above where the center of the quake actually was, was 23 miles northeast of the eastern entrance to the park at a depth of about eight and a half, nine miles. Side note, by the way, when you hear people describe a particular location as being the epicenter of something like, you know, Little League Baseball or protest against the Supreme Court, that's not what that word means. They just mean center. Epicenter is above the center on the ground for something that happened underneath the earth. People just use the word epicenter because it sounds more dramatic than calling it the center. But I digress. Now, what is interesting, as I mentioned, is Yellowstone has a lot of seismic activity. In fact, in April alone, there were 141 registered earthquakes, most of them being very small. Actually, the largest of those was a 2.5. And a 2.5, you would be it would happen right underneath you, and you'd never know it took place. Or at least not very likely. According to the United States Geological Survey, total seismic activity at Yellowstone in 2021, 2,773 earthquakes, up about 1,000 from the number that they recorded in 2020. Again, most of them extraordinarily small. And this is a well-known area of long-lived, and here's your word for the day, seismicity. I know, you can thank me later. And as far as the number of earthquakes at a given time, you see these swarms kind of come and go. The 2017 earthquake, the four and a half, had about 2,500 tremors recorded over a three-month period. 1985 had over 3,000 earthquakes in the area in a three-month period. What causes these swarms of many earthquakes? David Shelley, a seismologist with the United States Geological Survey, says, I know, I said survey says. Back to the point. It's because of water moving through small cracks in the subsurface. And when the water under great pressure in the deep crust gets released, it migrates upward, sometimes laterally, interacting with cooler levels of the Earth. Those rocks can be more brittle. They can be stressed by tectonic and volcanic pressure, which can trigger the earthquakes. And in fact, sometimes the earthquake is actually the Earth allowing things to reshuffle more efficiently through faults in the rock. But the short takeaway from this is, if you go to Yellowstone, don't be surprised if there's a little shimmy in your step every once in a while. It's not that uncommon, but they're not that big. And now to space. The National Science Foundation had a press conference in Washington, D.C. this morning where they revealed the first ever picture taken of the black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy whose gravity is thought to be responsible for our galaxy. 
Now, black holes are kind of a challenge to take photographs of for a variety of reasons. You have matter in between us and the black hole. You have the inherent distortion of the space around a black hole that makes it hard to photograph. And sort of obviously a black hole is something so dense that no light can even escape from it. How do you take a picture of a thing from which no light can escape? You know, little challenges like these. It's immense in its mass. It's got about 4.3 million times as much matter stuck into that black hole as we have in our sun, for example. And usually the way you figure out what a black hole looks like is by looking at things close to it and see how it warps those things. It's actually the second black hole that's been photographed. The first one was from galaxy M87, about 50 million light years away from Earth. That was also photographed by the Event Horizon Telescope Project from NSF, which this also was photographed by. That was in 2019, by the way. By the way, I haven't mentioned it yet, but the name of the black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy is Sagittarius A asterisk. And yes, I know that Sagittarius A asterisk is kind of a clunky, cumbersome name. Although it does guarantee that this black hole is listed right at the beginning of the S section in the phone book for black holes, which is kind of an advantage from a marketing perspective. In any case, if you haven't seen the photo, here we are on a podcast telling you what a photo looks like. But my best representation is, you know, when the 4th of July comes and kids get sparklers and they spin them around real fast, it kind of looks like that. Or maybe like a fuzzy photo taken of a Halloween pumpkin. Somewhere between those two things, that's what it looks like. If you were hoping for some like overwhelmingly glorious detailed picture of the warping of space and time, you're going to have to watch a movie for that. And yes, because I know somebody's going to ask, there's not a giant steel girder spaceship with a red robot with whirly blade knives for an arm anywhere in the picture. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And finally, you know how when you order something on the internet, you go through this process of like making sure and double checking all the information to be certain that you got just the right one that you're looking for. And, you know, it matches everything that you need. And kind of you go through this neurotic list of making sure, right? Uh, okay. Well, the folks at St. Anselm Church outside of Philadelphia, they probably should have added at least one additional checkbox. And the checkbox they should have looked for was make sure that we're not giving mothers an X-rated item for Mother's Day. So here's how this all went down. What they thought would be a very cool Mother's Day gift was to send roses to the moms to thank them for being moms. Wonderful idea. But instead of real roses, what they sent were fake roses, artificial roses. And as you can see very clearly in the one video we know of somebody opening the rose, inside the fabric rose is not the inside of a rose, but is in fact ladies' underwear. Very, very, very skimpy red ladies' underwear. The kind that you only wear for very limited purposes, or not at all. The kind that maybe aspires to be macrame. You follow my meaning? Just... Open up the froze. Open it. Oh my God, I see it already. <laughs> Who bought them, the school? Yeah. Yo. They just sent out an email saying. <laughs> <that's weird. laughs> Thank you, St. Anselms. Yeah, fairly entertaining. And her reaction was kind of similar to everybody else's reaction is giggling, funny, a Catholic school. Okay. Now, St. Anselm's principal, Seamus McGee, 
said, The roses sold at our Mother's Day plant sale were not the single faux flowers originally intended, you think? Instead, the item was a Valentine's Day gift intended for adults. The administration will determine how the error occurred and take steps to prevent a further recurrence. A further occurrence? Under what circumstances could this recur? So they're investigating. But look, I think this is a missed opportunity for the administrators to say something along these lines. Well, as the catechism teaches, we are an emphatically pro-family religious organization. Enjoy Mother's Day. Or maybe it's more of a Father's Day gift, frankly. Yeah, maybe that's not the tone they were looking for. Seems like the thing I would say if I were the principal. And that's why I'm not a principal. One thing I will say here, and I'm just guessing, but I imagine there's never been a Mother's Day gift from the school to do quite so much for people's relationships as this one. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five-star rating before you go. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Newsweek.